Hoffa Day. Welcome back to the Guam Guy Show. Uh, we have a really fun, exciting episode today. Today is on little fire ant, bees, wasps, hornets, stuff that sting, you know. And I am joined today uh, by Chris Rosario, who is an entomologist with the Biosecurity Division within the Department of Agriculture. Did I get all that right? Yeah. Uh, also, Agriculture. Yeah. yeah, recently graduated uh, last year with his uh, master's in environmental bio sciences, yeah. biology. Yeah. Okay. Environmental uh, so yeah. product of, um, of uh, UOG uh, yeah. right here and already in the field and been in the field actually even before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's about 10 years already uh -huh. yeah, going down 10 years. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, today's uh, episode, uh, he's an entomologist, like I said, and I'm going to make one promise. Um, no puns. <laughs> We're not gonna make any puns with bugs and, Which, and stuff like that. I'll try not to. You're gonna try not to? Okay. <laughs> we might have to edit it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Chris, I was uh, rock climbing at uh, Tagachang a few weeks ago. We actually had a little accident. Some of the, the wall came down before the climber. We had, uh, but So, that was a bit of drama like in the middle of that climb. But even before that, before, when we were just hiking in, there was we got hit by a little fire ant. Um, wow. we're not even 20 foot feet into the trail and then I'm, I'm trying to push some foliage out of my way and I look at my elbow and I just counted about five, uh, five or six little fire ants yeah. right there. And I've yeah. seen them before, so I can identify them on site. And, um, I remember there was little fire ant there before on top of the cliff, but now not 15, 20 feet into the trail. So, um, I guess what's, what's going on with that? Like, is that something that's on your radar? Or yeah. is this the first you're so, hearing about it? <laughs> well, I mean, little fire ants on, on the cliff, ends, cliff side, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't even run into some hornet nests, uh, because which are even more common on the cliff. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess talking about uh, little fire ants, they are so prevalent uh, around the island. It's just, um, we're finding it everywhere, in people's houses. Um, uh, of course, the, the landfills, a lot of dumping sites. Um, and a lot of compost waste and the one of the big ones is in in, in farms mm -hmm. um and so and that's partially due to uh the movement of vegetation movement of compost and movement of trash and i know uh you know with a lot of the efforts you've been doing uh removing you know trash along the cliff hand side mm -hmm. it's it's to no surprise that you would find little fire ants there too mm -hmm. and, and this is all due to the movement of of different types of, uh, you know, things like, again, trash, um, anything that carries protein, anything that, um, that has uh, a good amount of fruit or vegetables around it, you'll most likely find uh, little fire ants. So, so uh, when, when did this start being a thing? Because when I was growing up, I remember we had two kinds of ants. We had red ants which yep. we were worried about and we had black ants which was a non-factor so this, yeah. this little fire ant is a brand new thing to you know relatively speaking you know in the history of our island i, I imagine it's been around for a number of years but yep. um i remember very clearly growing up and this was not a thing that's right yeah it's it has not been a thing up until 2011 uh is when they were first discovered that the hard prim the northern hard primo landfill mm -hmm. that's what they call that um and uh uh, so it's since 2011, it's been on, you know, it's been on... That's the UOG. first sighting of it, first reporting? First report, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was 2011. Uh, we project it's maybe been here even maybe before, like before 2011. Mm -hmm. But we're not too certain. But in 2011, it was reported, uh, samples collected, and then um, uh, eventually identified um, by our USDA counterparts. So... Um, yeah, and, and since it's been on island, uh, and then, you know, within the last five, six years, or ten years since it's been here, um, uh, they've just been more and more widespread. And that's due to, again, the spread of... Uh, so uh, it's, it's people, it's, yeah? yeah? People's moving I things mean, around, right? Yeah, okay. it's just that, that they hitch a ride, they're hitchhikers, hitch a ride on, on plant products and... Um, even trash, more mm -hmm. so trash, uh, that they hitch a ride on. And any time there's illegal dumping, there's a chance that they, the, legal, the illegal dumping is spreading the little fire ants. I have a perfect so. example of this. We had a, uh, a cleanup in a cemetery 
um, in PD, uh, Nimitz. And um, I, I, if I recall correctly, I myself and some other people got hit with um, with a little fire little ants, fire, yeah. and it was because it was a it was a dumping site. Some people yep. have turned the cemetery or part of the cemetery yep. into a dumping area. They bring their trucks yep. and they back off um, whatever kind of household trash or backyard trash, whatever you can find. And yep. I noticed there was a lot of large, big black trash bags, uh, contractor bags, and they were just filled with like green waste, so grass and yeah. cuttings, leaves, things like that. And perfect so, place perfect and, place for little fire ants a, a colony of of queen of a a colony of little fire ants that can consist of over thousands of queens yeah what now over thousands of queens now these these ant colonies can overlap uh-huh. with each other so it's not like you know red ant versus black ants uh-huh. and then they you know they go through a war right though mm-hmm. with little fire ants one colony and another colony can intermingle with hmm. each other. Um, so, and, and that's why little fire ant treatments these days are, 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 tend to be a bit more difficult. Because mm-hmm. you kill one queen, well, you still have you know, 10 or 12 or 100 more queens to deal with. Is that um, the right word then? Because like, <clears throat> when you say queen, I imagine there's one. There's the queen, and then there's all of her subjects and servants, and they do her bidding and everything like that. Yep. And so... I guess this is where I was going to go. So I, I'm like, I'm wondering about myself and the things I do. If I go hiking, could, and I get some LFA on my body or on my clothes or whatever, could I be bringing those home? Or if I'm spreading them further along the trail or if I have a pit stop, you know, that's, or anything home? Is that? That's a very good question. And, I, and that's something that uh, within the past three to five years, um, other scientists have been looking into the spread of little fire ant due to other, mainly vertebrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say, for instance, the wild pigs. Mm-hmm. Are the wild pigs picking them up in compost and then moving them, you know, through their bo- you know, their hairs? Obviously, mm-hmm. they can carry a, a lot of other things with just with their fur, you know, with their with their hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, is little fire ant also hitching a ride on? Um, uh, on feral pigs mm-hmm. and t- to me I, I think in, in theory I think yes mm-hmm. that they are also contributing to the spread so uh, so they, are we they, do they bite them do they do you think the, the can they I don't know how dense that fur is or let's let, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. go jump to where I'm really worried about my dogs sometimes I take my dogs hiking if yeah. is the can the little fire ants make their way through the fur and then bite the skin of the dog I, I think it can. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I haven't seen any instances, at least since my time that I worked at the vet when uh, little fire ants were present on Guam, I haven't seen uh, that many cases uh, regards to it. But, I mean, as far as hitching a ride, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and it's more so <clears throat> the, the stinging aspect, it's, it's not so much, you know, we, we get the ant on us. We get stung, and our initial reaction is to scratch. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, not really like a honeybee or like a wasp, which we'll talk about, you know, soon. You get stung by a bee, and it it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but little fire ants to some of us, yeah, it hurts. It's a slow but, burn. But it's like a slow burn, but it's also like an irritation, right? Mm-hmm. So we tend to scratch. So we're thinking in terms. Of, well, again, if you're an animal, you probably have a lot of thick you know again thick skin or hair Mm -hmm. um you'll probably get bit but then it's more of the scratching aspect that the animal will do and so the animal will you know say for instance a wild pig will pick up a maybe a colony of ants while it's digging into uh, a compost pile and then or just like digging around or digging around yeah yeah yeah, around vegetation Mm -hmm. um and then they're just carrying that stuff they're carrying all those ants maybe possibly a queen um, to the next location because again that's it's it's a way uh, they harbor they kind of harbor these these insects in their in their fur and their skin so mm-hmm. and then they'll go up to a tree and you know scratch themselves mm-hmm. and then the ants fall off and then the ants find a new location so mm-hmm. yeah and yeah just sorry just before we leave pets I've seen these pictures and Honestly, we can talk about like little fire ants all day, but just what I'm about mm-hmm. to say makes me care 10 times more, 100 times more. I've seen pictures of, of 
eyeballs, my like dogs' eyeballs, just chewed up by uh, yeah, a little fire, by a yeah. little fire, it's like they, cataracts, and they just become blind. Yep. But it's to that skin, right? It's that, or is it the poison that somehow the it's toxin, it's the toxin it's, for oh, sure. It's the toxin, yeah. Uh, and so they're just blind. Yep. So formic that, acid. That's, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Formic acid is the is probably that main ingredient that that delivers that powerful toxin. So again, carried through the abdomen right here, mm -hmm. and that's that. Yeah, that sting, although it could be very minuscule, um, but you know, we're, you're dealing with like a dozen ants stinging all at the same time. So you're getting a good dose uh, of that, of that formic acid. Um, and likewise with bees, you know, almost the same concept, but you know, bees, a bigger insect. Um, but I mean, if we look at other ants worldwide, you talk about the bullet ant in mm -hmm. Costa Rica that they that gives a powerful sting for such a tiny insect mm -hmm. um so yeah it really all all depends on uh but little fire ants luckily is is to the i i don't know i don't know if you say uh luckily but you know fortunately it's not as a powerful sting as mm -hmm. many other um ant species and but they are very per pervasive in the environment now, i see what you're saying we're saying this is a good chance for us to get serious about our about our protocols and our controls to make sure we don't have even worse stuff coming out here. Right. And exactly I just I just right. want to take a second to shout out um, my chemistry classmates because he said formic acid and I, I I'm sure it's going through <laughs> your head. We know what that is, <laughs> or at least we've seen the chemical formula. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, for it and so on. So I'm just like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> I didn't know how much of uh, an organic yeah. chemistry and organic chemistry I was going to use, but here we are. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and in the insect world, it's very very uh, prevalent and you know chemistry wise uh, if you want to look at I mean we're talking about you know even biomedical stuff you know mm -hmm. uh, some some people actually collect wasps or hornets or ants worldwide mm -hmm. to look at um, some of these chemicals um, and to see if uh, if they are good in in, in medicine you know mm -hmm. if they're feasible to to study in, in medicine when we you know again this is all biomedical stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty kind of far of where we want to yeah. be. We don't want more here to study. We have that's more right. than enough to study. Yeah, so I think that's here. the <laughs> agreed. I totally agree. Yeah, so we'll save that for the big big budget labs. <laughs> we are not in that kind of place. Although this is kind of nicer for some of the local government offices I've been. And you want to just take a second to explain where we are? Yeah. So we're, we're here at the um, plant inspection facility. Uh, we call it the PIF, um, but it's uh, it it, it comp. Uh, comprises of not just Department of Agriculture, uh, the biosecurity division, but also the U.S. Department of Agriculture and um, the Customs and Quarantine Agency. So, um, and last but not least, I want to recognize too that the Department of Agriculture, through some of our federal grants, um, uh, we also hire some students at um, the Research Corporation of University of Guam. So really with all four, four of those agencies um, coming into play, we, we really, it, it really helps to solidify the collaboration between all of the agencies. Um, again, be, between the, the federal government, uh, through the local government, and, uh, and, and the university. Um, and it's it it is a huge collaboration, uh, and all in one building. That's actually really cool. There's a lot of, you know, talk on social media and just general criticisms that you know, uh, sometimes people say like you know people don't do anything in the government. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and the ones that people will say people do do things is they're not uh, they're not talking to each other. So there's a lot of exactly. wasted effort or duplicated effort. And uh, you yep. have four entities under one roof, um, kind of working together at the that's same right. time. So that's 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 really good. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, just to defend some of my at least some of my friends and and uh, people <laughs> I've interacted with, uh, everyone I've talked to has been really passionate, really involved. I've seen um, we go, this guy in his off time. I've been snakes. We've been searching for snakes together on on yeah. Coco's Island, and uh, you know we're, neither of us are getting paid for that or anything. So there's a lot of really passionate yep. people. I think it's important we uh, we recognize that. Uh, that there are a lot of good people in these agencies and they are trying to do they are doing their best and they're going some of them are going absolutely above and beyond um, more than what they're paid to do um so I like yeah i like uh, how you put that there <clears throat> the, the community outreach is really what what helps fill some of my passion because again i grew up 
as a kid, you know, uh, I grew up thinking that, you know, bees were, you know, were a pest mm -hmm. as opposed to a, uh, um, which again, what we'll probably talk about. You keep showing that. your bias. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to bees. So, but yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, yeah. so why, why does this facility exist? You said it's a plant inspection facility? Was that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. So everything, everything that, um, uh, uh, that the community orders, whether it's commerce being moved through, uh, whether it's vegetables or fruits or um, uh, nursery plants, I know ornamental plants, mm -hmm. um, all comes through this facility. Um, uh, and this, again, the facility, um, it, it holds uh, an inspection bay, um, a lab, obviously my office, which has a microscope. Um, and so uh, the, the facility is meant to inspect all commodities, all commerce that come through, uh, come into Guam. And we're at actually only plant inspection facility within the region oh, wow. of the Pacific. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, aside from Hawaii, right. Um, but within the Mar uh, Micronesian uh, region, were the 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 certified federal uh, plant inspection facility, um, again housed by again USDA and USDA had had granted that uh, to us. So again, everything that we receive foreign um, is inspected. Uh, out me, in our inspection let, bay. Let, let me ask for some uh, specificity on that. So, yeah. if I'm on Amazon and I order some climbing gear, are you going to look through that? Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm okay. sorry. When I think, so, when I say commodities, uh -huh. I apologize. No, no, so, it's, it's any plant material. Any plant material. Yeah. Seeds, fruits, vegetables, uh, um, seedlings. Um, yeah. I don't like to assume Leaves. I'm going to ask yeah. this. Do, do people order soil? Do people order soil on their own through the mail? Is there um, or fertilizer? Or you know, I anything think like that or so fertilizer. D depending, of course, if it's bagged, you know, um, some of the fertilizer that's like sold at Home Depot, we don't touch because it's commercialized. It's been bagged, so there's a there was a it's already been processed. Mm -hmm. But anything like you know raw soil that like someone was carrying through their luggage or something like that mm -hmm. that that they bagged up themselves, you know. Mm -hmm that's you know that's the stuff that we need to take a look at and soil you know on, right now we absolutely would not accept any soil that's not been processed um just because of the ch there's a chance that you can bring in not insects well not just insects but nematodes mm -hmm. and so you know which we we have some of that stuff on guam um but Again, we don't want to get any foreign nematodes coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, just like we don't want to get any foreign uh, insects. You know, little fire ants and rhino beetles. That, that's all foreign. These, these are all foreign insects mm -hmm. coming out from Asia. So, it's, uh, um, so yeah, so we, we screen everything that has uh, plant material that come into the, the facility, come into Guam, mm -hmm. into this inspection facility. So, okay. yeah. Hope that was a. Hope no, that yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Makes total sense. <laughs> so, um, what does that mean? You have an inspection. So, you said you have a bay. You, you just showed me around the office a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, what does an inspection entail? What does that? What does an inspection look so, like? So, you have like X-rays or. Yeah. So <laughs> actually, it's it's just a matter of getting um, several pair of eyes on on the commodities, and it's mainly the the customs. So. Uh, when an item comes in, let's say from a container, okay, mm -hmm. uh, the customs are at the borders. Mm -hmm. They're at the bo uh, They're at the ports of entry. They're either at the airport or um, or at uh, uh, the Guam Port Authority. Yeah, speaking of airport, it's like literally across the street. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like if we right. open that window, we can probably you see can some see planes. the airport exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you still got to go around into the. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, so you, yeah, so. Um, Anytime there's, uh, um, so you know the declaration form that mm -hmm. you fill out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually, if someone was to declare fruits and whatever fruits and vegetables, that stuff is is immediately, I wouldn't say confiscated, but mm -hmm. it's it's taken by uh, customs mm -hmm. and brought into our facility, and then um, 
which is sometimes the next day if it's like if it's taken away at nighttime the very next morning customs will open up the package um open up the bag whatever it may be mm -hmm. um and they search for insects mm -hmm. there are times where we have to cut the fruit mm -hmm. open uh, because some insects can hide inside the fruits mm -hmm. um sometimes again if, if the fruits if it comes again depending where it came from may not even be allowed in the first place mm -hmm. um uh so uh so when we look at this we have to we have to know what type of plant material we're looking at and then if we do find an insect or sorry if customs and quarantine does find the insect then that gets forwarded to me and i do the um i look at them under the microscope as we can see here um and then i try to identify down to family or species there are times though when it does come from a foreign country that i would take i would have a chance to take a look at the insect try and identify but that doesn't mean i have uh, any jurisdiction to, uh, to either destroy or release that has to get now that specimen has to be taken to uh, sent off to USDA mm -hmm. to get the, the they're kind of more the experts mm -hmm. uh, in, in that in that field of area. You're Especially an expert. when we'll just say that well, we'll call them higher level. <laughs> we got to escalate it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If it's domestic material, then uh -huh. yeah, I have every jurisdiction to to either release mm -hmm. or to destroy the shipment. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's foreign material coming mm -hmm. from like you know China or Thailand or whatever it may be, Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, that the insect specimen then gets sent out, uh, properly identified, and then the uh, we get instructions back by USDA to say, all right, the shipment has to be destroyed or reconditioned. When we mean what we mean by recondition, it's pretty much wash the plant uh, with either you know wash wash it with hot water. Normally, it's with hot water. Um, we don't like to again use any chemicals um, for that. Uh, but there are, you know, certain types of treatments we would use um, that's been approved for many years. I mean, you know, methyl bromide is 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 one of one of them. Uh, one of the treatments we would use for um, not as a reconditioning agent, but as a as a treatment option for for certain plants, um, especially if it's like ornamental plants. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just a methyl bromide. It's like a gas that you know you just pump into the into the, whatever a container that has a commodity and then you know the insects don't come out alive from mm -hmm. there so yeah shout out to professor kandawal <laughs> yeah i know i know right yeah i'm like methyl okay bro <laughs> i know it's just again chemistry going like, back to the it's chemistry it's, it's side almost yeah. like a ptsd <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get it you um, get it yeah <clears throat> So yeah, it's kind of hitting me. Like I'm gonna make, I guess, a little confession here. So I've, I've traveled a fair bit, and I get the mm. customs and declarations. And I guess, like any typical person, I have a massive eye roll, and they're like, ah, whatever. Oh, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing anything wrong. Mm. And I and I can only imagine that every invasive species that has come here with just someone rolling their eyes like we all probably have done anyone that's ever mm -hmm. traveled um, mm -hmm. and come back home and you know obviously we don't do it on purpose like um, if you ever open like a mango and you actually tear open the seeds sometimes you see like stuff in there that's right so, is that a weevil is that what that's called it could be weevils it could be fruit flies mm -hmm. um, um, but there's yeah there's several yeah. Mo um, I think several moth species mm -hmm. that, that get into the mango and mm -hmm. and you know usually when, when a fruit like especially if it's like you know still in the tree right mm -hmm. um, some insect gets inside mm -hmm. the the fruit will close right back up especially if it's still like Small. hanging yeah still oh, hanging yeah. on the tree right the, the fruits initial initial thing is to is to kind of re uh, reheal re itself yeah. mm -hmm. so now the insect has made its home then mm -hmm. it's picked and then sold in in the market whatever it may be and then you know if it's traveled yeah. somewhere open it up and it's still alive you know unless let's, let's yeah. fast forward one queen and plus a few years we have little fire ant yep. all around the island and it started in one reported place uh, we had um, coconut rhinoceros beetle that started in one reported place and now yeah you can't you can't drive 10 feet without looking at a coconut tree that's, right. that's just been wrecked by a coconut rhinoceros beetle and it just 
Yep. You know, I can't imagine people are bringing these here on purpose. So they're just coming in accidentally. These plants mm -hmm. and plant materials are not being inspected proper or not inspected at all because they're not being declared. Right. And so Sometimes. I wonder, I wonder what's next. Could You're that right. bullet find its way here? Could it be something worse? You know, something yep. that, you know, we just mentioned mango. Could it be something that kills all our beloved mango trees? That's right. And, and and, and uh, all right, I guess I can't roll my eyes anymore. Uh, but <laughs> those that's declarations true. forms. But but the focus <clears throat> again is it comes down to the ports of entry. So mm -hmm. like shipments, the the cargo. Mm -hmm. When cargo, I mean, well, how many containers that we receive in a day? Probably close to about like say about seven hundred containers like a day. What? Ma maybe I don't know. Okay. Maybe maybe less, <laughs> maybe more. But I mean, we've been at the ports of entry mm -hmm. and we're just seeing loads of containers just getting unloaded onto the onto the port mm -hmm. and then you know they're sitting there for for quite some well, give or take they would sit there for quite some time maybe about a day because mm -hmm. um that's not quite some time <laughs> i mean yeah okay uh, let's say less than a day right okay, okay. <laughs> you can have a rhino beetle that just finds its way into a container mm -hmm. the minute it's opened right mm -hmm. and and then it may make its way into Hawaii next, um, which yeah. is in, in the case of Hawaii, that's where they've got, they've gotten our beetle. Oh uh, man. Yep. But then to be fair, the, they've gotten, we've got, we've gotten a little fire ant from Hawaii. Okay. So there's a, you know, there's kind of a, again, it's, it's yeah. all through shipments. Um, mm. And I, and I would probably, sh uh, I could probably forward you a nice photo of how shipments look like the networking shipments between asia guam hawaii and the continental us mm -hmm. it's just it's just massive there's just constant trade going on Con mm -hmm. commerce moving from from all you know all angles mm -hmm. you know every direction yeah. every direction to and from. yep to and from and so <sighs> we're really we we begin to realize that we're really not so isolated mm -hmm. especially for insects so yeah and so on that aspect, you know, we, we, we really need to be at the ports of entry looking for this stuff, mm -hmm. proactively looking there. Mm -hmm. And when um, you, when you do something does get forwarded here, you're just, are you, are you just literally looking at it, turning it around and yep, seeing if there's anything? around, and seeing just... if there's, you know, so when we, when we, when I kind of look at this, uh, the screen here, you know, I look at different types of features. Um, we look at the eyes. You know how many how many um eyes that or how many of this the small what we call ocelli uh that the this ant has um looking at the segments of the um of the antennae um and then also to the point that we're looking at the so obviously with an insect it has three body parts but looking at certain features um that that help define a certain uh, family of mm. insects or a, a certain a genus or species of ants mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's just all through looking at the features but then if, again we're looking at morphological features mm -hmm. just the morphology of this ant. what's that word morphological mm -hmm. so it's looking at the, the body parts mm -hmm. um, uh, but morphology, you know, I like, again, is, is everything. So, like, when I was a kid, yeah. there was, like, the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> is, is that... Yeah, yeah. They, well, yeah, they, they morph. morph. They, they, change, exactly. they change how they look. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and here we are. We're talking about ants, hornets, and, uh, you know, bees. But this is all just one order of insects mm -hmm. that, we're, that we're looking at. Just one single order. And it's in the order Hymenoptera. Mm -hmm. So they are very pervasive in, in the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and because they're very pervasive in the environment, they're easily transported globally. Mm -hmm. um, what are, I yeah. got to ask, what are these little hairs? Uh, I think we just call it hairs. Yeah, I don't think oh. it's anything... Uh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There I don't. I don't think we call it, we call it anything. It's just small hairs. Cita. 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 Yeah. Do they have a function? You know. So or? so in in the insect world, 
any type of hair is called sia. So like in butterflies, they're not called hairs, they're called scales. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like uh, the scale that kind of gives like the, the butterfly like a nice, beautiful color. Mm -hmm. But this is, yeah. Yeah, so sita, sita, that's have, what it's called. Yeah. Do they have a function? Uh, yes, uh, the function, uh, many functions actually. Oh, okay. So in some insects, these hairs could be defense, defensive um, parts. So if like, if another insect was to, you know, like a praying mantis was to try and grab uh, an insect, these, some of these hairs will produce wax. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you ever heard of wax scales, okay. wax scales, they'll use the hair. Some of these hairs will, um, will produce these wax. Um, but uh, uh, to, to, also, to also show the, uh, a function like in the, um, in the hymenoptera world or the ant world, okay. uh, ants or bees, these hairs are used either to pick up pollen. Okay. Um, and some of them are used to detect pheromones in the environment so what do you mean by pheromones like these odors mm -hmm. that are given off in the environment so any defense odors these hairs will pick up um i think we're gonna come back to that in bees aren't we <laughs> eventually yeah okay, well, 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 well all right yeah look, but well, in ants they're they're used as a communication uh -huh. as well uh, by detecting certain things vibration uh mm -hmm. so if you ever if you ever looked at um if you ever blew I don't know, maybe uh, I'm trying to think of something like um, like an ant colony, right? And you would breathe on it. It would all of a sudden freak out because mm -hmm. like yellow crazy ants, you would just kind of look at it. And That's all of a sudden, name? yellow crazy ants. Yeah, <laughs> not little that. fire ant, but yeah, but you know, yellow crazy ant, you, you just look at it and then it, all of a sudden you're you're breathing on it and then they start to go crazy mm -hmm. and their hairs are picking up these bad again, breath yeah bad breath <laughs> co2 yeah okay and yeah that's i mean it's a bit weird but yeah these hairs have many functions in the mm -hmm. insect world um and in like in the moths and in butterflies again i'm kind of go overarching the, the everything it's but, okay <laughs> um but these hairs are modified to be scales so these scales become nicely colored mm -hmm. so like the monarch butterflies you know like it gives off a nice bright orange uh, color. That stuff is um, reflected. And so, because, you know, if I was a bird, well, you know, I'm gonna eat this brightly colored uh, object. Well, it turns out to be poisonous. So, mm. so it's, it's these many functions that the, these hairs have uh, is what keeps these insects thriving in, mm -hmm. in the world. So, yeah. All right. We'll close the loop on little fire ants after one more question, and then we'll transition it to uh, what you've been itching for. <laughs> so we talked a lot about the we talked a good amount about the ports and you know your inspection facility here and, and controlling things going on and off the island. But what about the all LFA? That's the little fire ant that's already here. What's what comes next? I saw a big drone in there with a the little fire ant sticker. Um, what 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 can we do? I know you're tracking it, the spread of um, where, as people report it, four seven five pest. That's right. Um, call it in. You. <laughs> I yeah. know you're. I know you're tracking where they're spread. But is there anything that we can do so far to uh, one? I guess keep it not spreading within the island yep. even more. And um, anything we can do to kill them, eradicate them, or whether it's island wide yep. or whether it's in a particular area. So there, there are um, ways that we can kill little fire ants. As far as island wide control. It, it, it cannot, to be quite honest, it can't just be one or four agencies or, or many different types of agencies. To be quite frank, the little fire ant is here. It's going to be here for a while. Um, the best way to control fire ants is on your own property because mm -hmm. it's such a small scale. It's something that you can control. You know, there are many properties, you know, that are, um, that are unmanaged mm -hmm. on, on island. And so the best thing you can do is manage what is yours, what is what you can access mm -hmm. to your. Um, so really, it's controlling little fire ant in your property. Right. And how you do that is you can um, either, again, call us for some five pests. Um, we can give you the the guide 
to control LFA, but it has to be on a persistent basis. So treatments can be done by, by this way. So uh, you can use uh, a certain type of pesticide. So it's either a granular pesticide or the liquid pesticide. The granular is kind of the most common and probably the most useful um, in terms of what you can control and what's in the ground. So you control little fire ants on the ground using granular application. Um, the granular stuff you, they sell at Home Depot hmm. is called Amdro. Hmm. Um, uh, Amdro is called like fire ant uh, treatment. Um, but you just look at the, the product called Amdro and then you just see if it, if it has if it's, it, it, it's, it'll say Amdril and then it'll be like fire ants. Mm -hmm. okay. um, Cause there's one, there's one treatment for black ants and there's another one for red ants. There's also one for fire ants. Okay. Um, that's the stuff that you want to get. Um, and you can help people with that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We can help. Yeah. And actually Home Depot brings it in. Uh -huh. um, so it's over the counter. Uh -huh. um, but another insecticide you can use that's also a granular um, which you oh, can granules like little pellets or something. Yeah, like granular. That. Sorry, little pellets. Uh, yeah, that you would spread around your yard mm -hmm. or spread around the infestation. Um, uh, the other one is called siesta. That's, okay. That's one, and then probate. Okay. This is another one. So, um, so there's options. There, there's yeah, there's many options. But with siesta and probate, it's a little bit more expensive. Mm. for the average person so with us uh, our agencies you know when we get our grant funding we're, we're going for that the big stuff so which is probate and we're not really looking at the over-the-counter stuff we're looking at the the, the more heavy professional stuff professional for professionals stuff. exactly okay. yeah um, and so uh, so siesta and probate is another one but it's still an average consumer can still purchase that It'll just have to be done through total chemical and you have to have a pesticide um, applicator license. So that's that's the only thing with with that. But, you know, again, your average average person doesn't have a, a pesticide a applicators license. You can just go to Home Depot and get that stuff. Another way of of treatment is through the liquid application. And that is more effective for. Um, little fire ants that are on the trees, which are very, very common uh, around uh, around people's yards. It's not just in the ground; it's mainly in the trees. Uh, actually, most of them are in the trees. They're called hmm. arboreal, mm -hmm. arboreal ants. And so, arboreal. Um, I know why. I know this like, word. Like Arbor Day, like Arbor it's for Day. trees, yes. right? Arboreal, they live in trees. Yeah, that's exactly right. Arbor Day is about trees, if you didn't know. It's not to be. It's not a misspelled Labor Day. It's, it's Arbor Day. It's yep. a different thing. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so... I was a very confused child. <laughs> no, same, same here. A lot of this stuff started to make more sense for me, too. Uh, at least within the, the past five Five, well, you know, years, why don't yeah. we just keep rolling with this? Maybe we'll make this a two-part episode and we'll do a whole other episode that. on these. No, it's all good. This is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the application for, for little fire ants uh, through a liquid, uh, there's um, the most, the, the one that you can find uh, over the counter is mm -hmm. boric acid also known as borax. The borax yeah, is a trademark. You've I think my that. mom would mix this with sugar or something. And so uh, yeah, you'd mix it with sugar and uh -huh. that will get rid of the black ants. Yes. Mom, you were right. <laughs> but <laughs> but these are these are black ants. Oh, so the black ants black are ants. attracted to sugar. Okay. But now that you're dealing with little fire ants, well, little fire ants like protein. Mm -hmm. So what's a mixture, that you, a, a protein mixture that you can use? Well, not just protein powder, mm -hmm. although you could try to do use protein powder. That's probably but, really expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah. But we've just used peanut butter. Mm -hmm. But imagine getting peanut butter sprayed through a bottle. That's mm. pretty difficult. And so that involves other ingredients that come into play. So xanthan gum, uh, vegetable oil, uh, of course, the ins uh, borax itself. Mm. Um, and, and, and that helps uh, create a s solution. Now, the, the, the uh, peanut butter mm -hmm. gets broken down, especially with the xanthan gum and the, 
and the and the vegetable oil uh, and then of course water um, to make it more liquefied so you get a liquid now you got a liquid insecticide that you can use that you can spray in uh, into your yard uh, but again it's it's the, the in, it's not necessarily an insecticide but it's it's boric acid so boric acid is is found in in your over-the-counter products like taro mm -hmm. taro is a, a common brand uh, if you ever look at the active ingredients in some of the insecticides mm -hmm. you'll see boric acid on mm -hmm. it um, and boric acid is effective with little fire ants with little fire ants because it has a protein bait you mm -hmm. you've just added a protein bait component mm -hmm. to it so that stuff is then gobbled up by the workers and is fed to the queen this would be queen. a fun kind of workshop you know and like you have kids come out and like make your own or is is, is that safe with the was that with boric acid gum and uh, oh yeah xanthan gum is very i mean it's I found in i don't I, I it sounds like a gum like something you would chew yeah it's something um, that you would probably I, an ingredient i think yeah it's an ingredient in <laughs> uh -huh. in several you know like candies and stuff like that xanthan gum is pretty pretty common um but yeah so that stuff helps break down the the uh well helps mix everything together yeah you're not yeah. gonna spray peanut butter because you, you can't spray you peanut can't butter even like bottle. pour peanut butter exactly you're not gonna be able to spray right right exactly. i actually have a peanut butter marinade it's really good <laughs> oh that's pretty cool <laughs> it's really good um i'll, I'll tell you later nice. anyway so I, I i i know exactly what you're saying with just how thick peanut butter is yeah but like so this is something anybody can just do and just go like i, I, I don't know yeah. if you can buy we, xanthan gum on island but i guess you can order it so so when we do mm. treatments uh around the residents uh residential areas so if someone was to call 475 pest hotline and they said hey I think I got a little fire ant problem we go out and we put out some survey sticks we confirm little fire ants and then when we confirm them we put them on our schedule for first time treatment mm -hmm. now first time treatment we're gonna use our stuff mm -hmm. but then we're also gonna bring in this paper that shows you all the ingredients how much you need to use uh, what's the mixture huh. um, yeah, and we give it to you and say, you know, all you do instead of using what we use, we use Tangle, you can just use uh, boric acid. Uh -huh. uh, so Tangle is what we would use for initial treatment. Um, Tangle, that stuff is pretty potent. Um, okay. But that you need a pesticide applicator's license. Okay. But uh, in replacement of Tangle, you're just using boric acid. Um, Okay, I, mean, I gotta yeah. say something. I, th I think people are gonna reaction. So when you say, "Yeah, control it on your own property," it sounds like I don't want to do nothing. That's know, what people are gonna say. But yeah. but you actually have but, solid advice. People can actually use and, yeah. and actually do on their own. So it's not kind of uh, it's not say passing the buck on. It's, right, right. It's, it's well, one, it's your own private property. You're responsible controlling for it. what is yours. But yeah. two, yeah. It's, it's also you. It's something people can actually do. That's, that's right. That's really cool. That's, that's right. actually really yeah. cool. That's that's really empowering. So it's like if I had something like, and I could do it on my on my own. Um, yep. I, that, and honestly, I don't like people coming on my property. No, that's exactly <laughs> if there's, right. If there's maintenance issues, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'll fix it myself. You know, just give me the thing. Right. <laughs> I don't right. Want anybody coming I mean, in? It's like picking up trash yeah. in your property. Uh -huh. Really, that's that's really what what it comes down to. I mean, but but the thing, yeah. yeah but the thing is, it's it's something it sounds like something people can just do on their own and that's a really cool really uh, yep. really cool thing that's right um yeah let's see there there is a few things um around uh the facility i'd like to uh, i guess to show and tell um if that's all right uh, i wanted to see that drone uh yeah <laughs> yeah can, like uh, so that drone uh -huh. yeah has been used quite a bit um so that drone was uh part of a grant uh mm -hmm. uh Again, applied by uh, Dr. Glenn Dula. He, he um, we we got the he got the grants to essentially treat a, an area that's a, a dense forest. Um, talking about the Katal uh, Reserve, mm -hmm. the Katal Reserve. This that's is right that like Island Road. yeah, across Island Road. There's across that Tarzan pool, Tarzan, Tarzan Falls, Falls yep, area, right and it's all those that. really tall trees. That's right, acacia. Okay. Yeah, yep. acacia. And so, um, and so instead of you know getting into the the nitty-gritty you know into the the boonies and bo going boonie stomping you know because the terrain is just so uh you know so complex mm -hmm. um instead of going there physically we send our drone and the drone again doing 
Um, we we don't we don't use any sprays. We use the granular insecticide. Mm -hmm. um, so the granular insecticide is loaded onto that drone, and then all it does it just disperses it disperses the um, the the granular uh, the powder. Okay, I gotta yeah. ask because it's one thing to spread um, insecticide or pesticide you know around your own property, but you're you're going out into the environment. Is is right. I imagine I have to I can only assume this has been well studied and it's safe. It's not going to hurt anything out there. Yeah, uh, as far as I'm, as far as I know, uh, it is a insect growth inhibitor. So insect growth inhibitors are targeted specifically for invertebrates, um, um, specifically uh, things that molt. Um, okay. Do we have any kind of uh, our own native, know, native invertebrates native that invertebrates. might be affected? Uh, oh. Not that, not that I know of. Again, well, any native invertebrates that are Fire ants? No. Okay. We don't have any native fire ants. Um, to, to, so, that, so that's, that's a, a big thing. Because, mm -hmm. again, the, that, that has a bait. Mm -hmm. if, if, if that bait is mm. attracting that native ants, okay. then, okay, we, we have a problem. Right. But, but this, this is an attractant specifically for ants that go for protein, that go yeah, for... Yeah, so it's like... Uh... It's like bait on a hook, right? So the, the hook is like the poison, but you know, the, you're only going to get what's going to want that bait. Right? Exactly. So yep. nothing's going to come after a hook with nothing on it. Right. 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 And you're only going to put the right kind of bait for the right exactly. kind of thing you want to And it has to be fed uh -huh. to the queen. So, so it's not like it's a contact. It's not a contact. It's, it has to be ingested by the pest itself mm -hmm. in order for it to be effective. So if it's not being ingested... Uh, and it's not being fed to the, you know, the, the, the one that's making the colony itself, then yeah, then it's not, it's worthless. Yeah. We were talking earlier about a, a drone that somehow you're using to help out with the little fire ant problem. And then we got that right here. And this thing is massive. Like, like we can't even show how massive it is. I gotta stand up on this chair over here. Look at that. <laughs> can, I, can I get you just to come over here and put your hand under this rotor? So a lot of drones that you can buy are, you can fit in the palm of your hand. You can't fit one of these rotors <laughs> in the palm of your hand. All right, so it will cut off fingers. Okay, so this thing's no joke to say the, 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 the minimum. And over here we have a cool sticker for the uh, little fire ant. Uh, so I guess that's just telling you what this thing is for. So uh, uh, t tell me about this drone here. Yeah, so this drone, uh, I guess is, uh, gosh, where did it come from? I think it's a DJI, DJI uh, drone. Um, it's the G DJI brand, but uh, this can hold about 20 pounds of uh, insecticide and um, so yeah, and then that, that, that basically holds this, this part right here. This is where the insecticide is loaded up. Mm -hmm. um, and this is obviously because of the weight of the, of the, the insecticide, or the weight of the drone itself, what it's carrying, um, it needs to have multiple arms, as you can see here, to be able to, um, to fly this stuff. Um, some so this drone is specifically used to disperse the insecticide. And of course, it can be done to, we, it, it can be used to, to spray liquid insecticide, but because liquid insecticide, it gives a lot of drift, a lot of wind drift, we just stuck with the, um, the granular insecticide. So. Uh, is, is, can we open that up and have a look? Maybe yeah. So people so, can see what we're talking about. Well, what happens is so we open this guy up right here. Oh, see, there you go. That looks um, like rice. So yeah, and rice. The reason why we use rice is just for demonstration. Oh, as, okay. As far as what, but the rice is kind of like the same size uh, grain as the uh, insecticide bait. Okay. So so we just use rice to. Um, to do like demonstration demonstration and yeah. maybe practice yeah and okay. we don't want to we don't want to leave insecticides in here just lying around either. yeah we don't want that yeah um 
Okay, so um, has this been used in real life? Yes, yet? so it's been used at the Katol Conservation Forest uh, um, right by Cross Island Road. Uh, and it's actually been used multiple times. I think for about two to, th two to three years it's been used. Oh. So since I started um, here at Department of Ag, uh, this was already the, the, the insecticide, oh, I'm sorry, the treatment for little fire ants uh, has been into play, I think, for about a year already. So about three years we've been using it. And quite frankly, we've had a lot of good results. The whole forest has been completely eradicated of little fire ants. Really? Yes. That's a strong statement. Are, Huge. I'm going to give you a chance okay. to walk it back. Well, okay, if I say completely, uh, <laughs> now the conservation forest, it comprises of it's not just the forest itself, but it also has the residential areas. And most, huh, most, of, the, um, in, most of the infestations of little fire ants is, uh, is being, we could probably redo this if you want. It's okay. <laughs> um, so most of the, uh, the treatments that we do is, is in the conservation forest area, but also including the residential areas. Um, but because the forest, adjacent to that property is the residential area, we still tend to have positive little fire ants. Um, uh, we still have sites that are tested positive. For okay, so fire you ants. have your area that you treat, and then, you know, obviously it's, it's not the entire island, so it's gonna have some surrounding area that you don't treat, and the surrounding area that you don't treat, there's survivors there, and then they kind of come back. They kind of come back, yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not full on rack. I would say about 90% of the conservation forest has been completely eradicated of little fire ant. That, that is, I could say 90%. That, okay. That, yeah. is, that, that in and of itself is, is actually really amazing and surprisingly hopeful. Yeah. Like when we talk about of a lot of invasive species, it just seems like nothing's ever going to get better with it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and here we are, and you have such a, a great number like that that we can kind of throw out and work with. And I, I guess, um, what's, what's next? Can we have a swarm of these going around the island? Would that well, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Well, the thing is, the problem with drones uh, is... Airspace. Airspace, FAA clearance, yes. Yeah, we had uh, Bella Wings uh, on the second episode of the podcast, and um, that, you know that's a topic that comes up is... You know, the island is, is like, what, a quarter or a third yeah. um, Department it's, of Defense land. So Exactly. Um, yeah, yep. that, okay. And, um, and they're talking about the middle of the island, hey, too. Man, yeah, and they got, they got money, man. They, they, they can have their own fleet of drones. <laughs> That's right, yep. But even okay. the airport, you know, uh -huh. you, you can't, you know, a lot, most places in the central area, uh -huh. it, you cannot get uh, air clearance at okay. all. Um, so FAA clearance is one of the big problems. That's why we were able to do it at the conservation uh, forest. Although, yes, there is a DOD land, which is the Naval Mag area there, but they, that's a, they're the ones who funded, um, the Department of Interior is the one who funded this, this grant. Um, and so it actually, the Kotal Conservation Forest comprises of both Department of Interior and government land. Okay. So, so yeah, I guess that, that, that kind of helps complete the same. So, although yes, it's not allowed in some areas, but depending on uh, where it's it's being applied to, um, obviously it depends if you got clearance for those, um, you know, for those people who own the property there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. That is. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I thought we're gonna I'm gonna go into this, and I'm, the message is gonna be on prevention, prevention. But you've given a lot of hope here. People can do stuff on their own at home with stuff you can buy on the island or easily order. Um, and then we have something like this. You're controlling a forest. That's You're right. You're controlting a forest. Yeah, which is <laughs> very this, immense. With yeah. this drone here, and that's absolutely incredible. So um, don't give up hope, Guam. There's a lot that can be done, and it just takes uh, you know enough people to kind of just move the move things along, yep. move things forward, and then just recruiting more people, more allies, and then we can have these bigger solutions um, That's right. to these big problems. That's right. All right. Uh, thanks so much for that, Chris. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm.
Yes, I'm Officer La Puebla from Guam Custom uh, under the Biosecurity Division. And got. Right. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, last minute deciding to, uh, to do this. I know Chris just asked you. I was hoping we could get you to do uh, an inspection or a mock inspection of whatever you might have here handy. Sure, not a problem. Um, we get shipments every, every day, and this is actually a foreign shipment of adeniums coming from Philippines. Um, basically, before an, a shipment comes in, we have to make sure that they have all the proper import documents coming in from their FIDO, their federal import permit, their local import permit and in, an invoice and you know that's just bit the basic documents that's needed um, once we have all the documents needed make sure that the plants that we're inspecting is the type of plants that should be coming in and are free of any diseases or any pests so basically we don't do a 100 percent inspection on the plants we do a, um, a representative sample of the plant material that's coming in so basically, check their documents, and it says, oh, they're bringing in the desert rose, or like adeniums, basically, and say, okay, they've met all the import requirements, now we can check. We check for scale insects, we check for nematodes, um, we check for any foreign grass seeds, any bacteria, fungus, uh, viruses, and actually do a piece count to make sure that they're bringing the actual amount of plants that's stated on their invoice and on the FIDO. Um, and then if everything is um, met and there's no diseases or pests of concern, um, we let the uh, importer know that the plants are ready for pickup, give them a call and they come and pick up their plants. How long does that usually take? Uh, depends. Um, if we are not um, overwhelmed with plant material uh, to inspect, usually within an hour or two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Usually, but if they are missing uh, import documents uh, before we start the inspection, we have to meet the, the requirements before it's actually um, done. So, is this someone try to fly this here with their luggage, or where did where did this particular this come this from? particular shipment uh, came in through DHL? Oh yeah, I can yeah. see it on the box. You see there. in the box. Okay. Um, yes, and yes, there's uh, shipments that does come through passenger baggage, and FedEx and the U.S. Postal Service. Okay, so what, is a, what does an inspection actually look like? Okay, I know we got the documents there. We open the box. You're gonna, if let's say there's 100 pieces in here, you're not gonna look at every, all 100. You'll look at maybe a handful or so? Yeah, it's just a handful. We'll say at least do a 10% inspection out of the 100 pieces. Mm -hmm. So like I said, when we do the inspection, we make sure that there's no uh, plant diseases, any rots or any scale insects, mealybugs, mites or anything like that. And for international trade on the FIDO, they need to make sure that each plant is actually labeled. So in the event that we have an officer that is not familiar with the plant material, there is something for them to relate the inspection to. Okay. See, so basically they're saying, oh, this is like a red one and a white one. And it's this. So you just, you got a purple, as you see here. Mm -hmm. So they're claiming that this is a purple. In the event that we do find something on the plant material, let's say we find a disease, a sample is extracted, and brought forward to the local pathologist first just to give him an idea what's going on if he's capable of taking the pictures needed for the federal government uh, to um, continue on the identification of it he'll do it if he's unable to do that the sample is then secured and forwarded to the united states all the way to maryland where they actually do the um, i'm sorry correction all the way to Hawaii where they actually do the, the plant diseases. Um, if we do find an insect and we bring, it, we bring a sample to the local entomologist, our territorial entomologist, takes a look at it and after it's looked at, it's forwarded to Maryland which, where they do the actual pest ID for snails and insects. So what is your... Inspection, you just, is it a quick glance? You, have, you take it under the microscope or is it pretty well, quick and easy to check? Um, object of the game is you do a quick check and you see what's out of the ordinary. Um, like you see here, there's like some material here where it's actually rotting. That would be something uh, of concern. But because this shipment has been staying uh, here for a while, um, we're just basically waiting for one import document to make it compliant. Yeah, I just did a quick check to make to verify if the plant material 
that stated is not, there's nothing in the box being smuggled, but because they're missing uh, one document, I am unable to forward this shipment to the ultimate um, uh, vendor. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty simple process to an experienced eye then. You just... It takes a lot of exposure and a lot of experience to know what you're doing. I mean, someone off the street, we would be able to train them, but they need to have the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the education is nice, but if you don't have the heart, it's kind of difficult. Has there been a particularly any interesting thing you found uh, over the years? Yeah, I've seen some super rare plants that come to this island that collectors here on island have spent pretty penny mm -hmm. bringing them in. Have you seen any kind of exotic uh, insects or things that shouldn't come here? Have you ever found like a scorpion or anything like that? Uh, that's uh, many, many years ago we found scorpions, many years ago. Wow. Even a, um, a um, golden, golden gecko. Golden dust, golden dust gecko from, I would say, it was from California. Dude, yo, I guess, you hear that, Guam? We almost had scorpions here. We almost had scorpions here. So we, got, we owe this man a great debt of gratitude for not having scorpions come into Guam. I mean, like, coconut rhinoceros, you know, a little fire ad's bad enough, but scorpions, oh, man. So thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Thank not you for a your time. Yeah, if any questions, feel free to, you know, give us a call here in the plant inspection station and okay. we'll see what we can do. Thank you so much. And right. especially thank you for saving us from the scorpions. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.